Hey, Bankless Nation, we are here. Another episode of State of the Nation. This is the time of the week where we talk about what's happening. We relate it to big picture stuff, the themes of the Bankless newsletter and podcast. We try to drop some insights and action items for you. Coming in hot today, super excited about this. Gitcoin DAO just launched. Uh, the GTC token just launched. If you've ever given to Gitcoin, you may be a recipient of GTC. We are talking to Kevin Owaki, who is the founder of Gitcoin and responsible for helping to launch this DAO today. Super excited about it. David, are you excited, man? Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I think there's no one more on the forefront of thinking about why DAOs, why digital organizations than Kevin Owaki. And that's why I'm really excited to, to get him on the show today because we can, all, we can talk about uh, you know, simple, all the basic reasons that everyone hears over and over and over again about why DAOs are good, and those are all real. But when we take them in and think about them at more abstract, more satellite level views, uh, things get really interesting. And Kevin is a great person to talk to uh, about that. And, and so I'm really excited to get that conversation going here on the State of the Nation. So we are going to be talking about the Gitcoin DAO launch, solving the public goods funding problem, not just for Ethereum, not just for crypto, but I think even larger than that. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the future of work. In the future, you may be working for a DAO if you're not already, not a company. Super exciting topics. Uh, and I think themes of the Bankless podcast and newsletter writ large. David, before we get in with Kevin, uh, we should talk about some announcements. We dropped an MEV podcast this week on, on Monday. It's big brain stuff, but just distill it down for us. Why should folks tune into that and download that episode and give it a listen? Yeah, uh, MEV is the hard problem of crypto. It is the thing that could really just compromise a lot of the reasons why we think crypto is cool. Uh, MEV is the problem that if you are the person proposing a block, either as a Bitcoin miner or an Ethereum validator, you have God mode over that block. Uh, and that really sets you apart as an entity away from the rest of the network. And there's a discrepancy between the values of the network and the, the interests of that one individual person. And this can really send these systems into haywire mode. It can really destabilize these systems. And so Phil Diane, Georgius Constantinopoulos, and Charlie Noyes are really at the forefront of thinking about this subject. Uh, and we had a fantastic conversation, the first conversation that all three of them have been in a room together. Uh, and things go from the very concrete to the very philosophical at the very end because uh, like many of these things that we touch in crypto, things kind of end with philosophy and, and really <laughs> big thinking. Uh, and so we uh, really, really appreciated that conversation and really glad we could get that out. And like you said, Ryan, on the intro of that podcast, I think that is the first of many MEV shows that we must do on the Bankless program. It was uh, it, it probably the first of many listens too. I just listened to it for a second time this morning, yeah. ju just finished it. So I could let these these topics really digest, but super important. We also have a Liquidity AMA, Ask Me Anything. Liquidity is an algorithmic stablecoin. Stablecoin as the definition that bankless would use, which means it's not backed by a meat space bank or institution. We're having them on for a live stream, Ask Me Anything tomorrow at 12 Eastern, I believe. David, anything you want to say about that? Yeah, I used uh, the Liquidity uh, project as an example in my CoinDesk talk yesterday as one of these big, like new, brand new DeFi protocols that have come out very recently that is all about capital efficiency, capital efficiency, capital efficiency, right? Uh, Ether as a collateral asset inside of Liquidity is 110% 
uh, collateralization ratio, so really, really low, uh, and also 0% interest. And that is the competitive advantage behind liquidity. Uh, and really, if you view DeFi at a bird's eye view, it's just competition for capital efficiency. And liquidity is one of the newest protocols to engage in that competition. So we got uh, Robert, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, uh, Lacau, uh, to get- Robert L. Uh, Robert L. Robert L number two, Robert L. compound yeah. Robert L. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's coming on to answer all of our questions about liquidity and how it works. It's going to be hot, guys. That is why you subscribe to Bankless on YouTube. You subscribe in the podcast. That's the way you get this alpha. Uh, speaking of which, Arbitrum, next Tuesday, they're coming on State of the Nation. And I've just heard from them. They still plan to, to launch on May 28th. So I'm mm -hmm. super excited about that, David. Arbitrum, of course, is a highly anticipated roll-up tech scalability solution for Ethereum. So we're going to talk to them next Tuesday. Another reason to subscribe to the Bankless Podcast. But David, I'm going to start this episode with the question I ask you every single state of the nation that we've done so far, which is this. What is the state of the nation today, sir? The state of the nation is slang. And we could not do <laughs> that with anyone else other than Kevin Owaki. We are slaying Moloch. That is really the through line for me, what Gitcoin is trying to do. It's trying to slay Moloch. And if you are privy to the Moloch conversation, you know that he's the god of coordination failure. And the thing that Gitcoin is trying to do the most is allow humans to coordinate. Uh, and you might also know that it's actually impossible to slay Moloch, but you can wound him and make him retreat. Uh, and so that is what we are trying to do this week on the Bankless State of the Nation. We are slaying Moloch once again. Oh my God. Can we solve the tragedy of the commons problem? Can we figure out how to give to public goods? That is the topic for today. I'm super excited about that. Guys, we're going to be back with Kevin in just a minute. But before we do, we want to tell you about the fantastic sponsors who make Bankless possible. Aave is a borrowing and lending protocol on Ethereum and just recently released Aave version 2, which has a ton of cool new features that makes using Aave even more powerful. With Aave, you can leverage the full power of DeFi, Money Legos, Yield, and Composability all in one application. On Aave, there are a ton of assets that you can deposit in order to gain yield, and all of those same assets can also be borrowed from the protocol if you have deposited collateral. Here you can see me getting a 200 USDC loan against my portfolio of a number of different DeFi tokens and ETH. I'll choose a variable interest rate because it's a lower rate than the stable interest rate option, but I could choose the stable interest rate option if I wanted to lock that interest rate in permanently. One of Aave's V2 features is the ability to swap collateral without having to withdraw your assets, trade them on Uniswap, and then deposit them back into Aave. Aave does all of this for you, all in one seamless transaction, so you don't have to repay loans in order to change the collateral you have backing them. Check out the power of Aave at Aave.com. That's A-A-V-E.com. Balancer is DeFi's most powerful automated market maker. Typical AMMs just have two tokens inside of one liquidity pool, which can lead to fractured liquidity across the many pairs in DeFi. With Balancer, you can access the full power of multiple tokens inside of one single AMM, which unlocks an entirely new playing field of possibility. This makes Balancer an awesome building block for so many different use cases. Balancer pools can make asset indexes, but instead of paying fees to portfolio managers, Balancer lets you collect fees from traders who use your portfolio for liquidity. 
Additionally, Balancer smart pools can be programmed to have properties that change according to predetermined rules, such as changing the swap fee based on market conditions, or even liquidity bootstrapping pools, which can help you launch and distribute your token with day one liquidity. At Bankless, we used a liquidity bootstrapping pool to sell our BAP t-shirts to much success. Balancer V2 brings powerful new features that makes your money work even harder for you. In V2, idle tokens are capable of generating yield in DeFi without sacrificing liquidity in the pool. To top things off, Balancer is reimbursing all gas costs with Bal rewards, meaning that all your gas costs are returned to your wallet with the Balancer governance token. Balancer's mission is to become the primary source of liquidity in DeFi by providing the most flexible and powerful platform for asset management and decentralized exchange. Dive into the Balancer pools at pools.balancer.exchange. All right, guys, we are back with Kevin Awaki, who is the benevolent dictator over at Gitcoin, which is a platform to help fund public goods and open source software. Of course, Bankless got its start there as well. He's also a general in the war against Moloch, the god of human coordination failure, and he's helping us slay human coordination failure through Gitcoin. Kevin, welcome once again to Bankless. How are you doing again today on this glorious launch day for Gitcoin? Hey, Ryan. Hey, David. Thanks so much for having me. Things are good. Uh, we released GTC, which is the token, the governance token of the network, has no economic coordinate Gitcoin DAO, which will be a DAO that generates public goods funding experiments, matures them, and eventually sends them out into the world to slay Moloch. So things are good. We brought the site down a little bit with our record levels of traffic this morning, but we got it back up and feeling pretty good about that now. You definitely got hugged to death this morning for a while. And a is, this like, is this like record traffic for uh, for Gitcoin and, and the website? Yeah, um, we had about 2,000 users on the site this morning when it was going down. And during the our record during a Gitcoin grants round has been like 800 or 900 people on the site. So number go up with website traffic. <laughs> That's awesome. I think it's only up from here. Let's start with this, Kevin. For for folks that aren't actually familiar with Gitcoin, maybe this is their first time hearing about Gitcoin. Why Gitcoin? Why does it exist? What's the purpose? For sure. So Gitcoin is a place that you can get coins if you're a software developer working on open source software. Open source creates $500 billion per year in economic value. When I start a startup, I don't write my own database server. I don't write my own web server. I don't write my own open source financial system. I use Ethereum, I use Nginx, I use Postgres. And these are open source technologies that allow people to stand on the shoulders of giants when they're starting new, uh, new ventures. And one of the problems is that there's no business model for open source software. It's open source and it's available for free, so why pay for it? And it's Gitcoin's mission to make sure that we can create business models for open source software. After all, we have programmable money if we could program our values into our money and if we valued open source software, then we can get open source software developers paid. They can get coins, they can quit their corporate job, and they can just work on our digital infrastructure. And that's our mission. You guys have been crushing that mission so far. This is uh, some of the results. Can you, can you walk us through some of the results that, uh, that you've seen so far with Gitcoin? Totally. Yeah, so um, gitcoin.co slash results is our results page and it updates every three hours. It's like the last update as of right here is a minute ago, we've done about $20 million worth of open source funding, depending on when you, uh, it's a volatile cryptocurrency, as you know, and uh, I think it's between 19 and $20 million right now, um, doing about $6 million per quarter as of the last quarter. 
but Q2 is not over yet. And Gitcoin grants, which is when we move the most money to open source software developers, starts in about two weeks. So expecting to do a couple million dollars per quarter. And you know, the big metric for us is how many software developers can quit their jobs and just work for the open internet. And so at $20 million, there's been about a dozen or uh, or more software developers that have told told us that they've found their next gig or their next opportunity through Gitcoin. So super proud of that. It's been a theme on the Bankless program to really talk about the ways that these uh, cr- protocols are disintermediating uh, people from money and people from other people. And really, at the end of the day, uh, changing the technology and t- changing the money of a society is really changing mm-hmm. almost everything there is about money. And so what I really see Gitcoin doing when we see these metrics of you know th- $3,000 per hour being streamed out to open source developers, we are really, the the net result is we are changing the culture of work. We are changing what Mm. work is. Uh, And to me, that is really the through line for Gitcoin. It's it's a cultural change platform for, you know, instead of having a nine to five paper pushing job where you go in and you look busy uh, and you do maybe Mm. two and a half hours of work while you're there for eight hours, uh, instead, uh, it's there's more something closer to you know more fluid work. You choose what you work on. Uh, you choose when mm-hmm. you work, uh, and you choose how you value your work and and your relationship to that. And I really see Gitcoin pioneering that path. Um, Kevin, do you? What, I know you have thoughts on this. Uh, where, where does your mind go when you think about culture, work, and Gitcoin? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the analog that I always use when I tell people about blockchain, they ask, what is blockchain? I don't answer that question. I say, why blockchain? And I say, the Internet of Information changed the world because now computers could send information across a computer network. And it changed everything in society that relies on information, entertainment, media, politics, uh, journalism. And so I think we have the Internet of Value and now we can send value across a computer network. And the allegory is that that's going to change everything in society that relies on value transfer whether that's banking, insurance, investment, Zen jobs, I think is the really the one that people miss because we're all so busy. I mean, DeFi is amazing, don't get me wrong, but you want Ethereum to go mainstream, you gotta hit people where they're at. And for 95% of the world's population, their financial lives is their jobs and not their investments. And so I'm super passionate about, okay, we're moving forward into this world. How do we make it as good for talent as possible? Um, how do we optimize not just for in the in the terms of economics, how do we optimize for for the labor and not just for the capital? And I think that the way that you do that is you provide new earning opportunities, new opportunities to level up to the the world's labor. And software engineers is just a logical place to start because software engineers are going to be able to figure out what a nonce is and how to broadcast a transaction on MetaMask. But Hopefully we'll create a better world for the world's workers expanding out from what we learned with software engineers to to communities across the world. And I don't take that lightly. I think that this is a really important part of people's lives and we're not going back to the world that used to exist, but we can create a better world for them. And so for me, I think one of the real things about Ethereum that's pretty cool is we're moving from a uh, the industrial age when there was a lot of hierarchy in the organizations that we were involved with. And now we're moving to a networked age where the everyday average participant can uh, can can work for the open internet and can work for the network. And one of the cool things about that is like, imagine a mesh network of jobs where I can work for David one day and Bankless the next day, and then I can go work for the open internet after that. And so a mesh network of jobs where we're all working with each other peer to peer instead of working for a boss who works for their boss who works for their boss is I think where we're gonna go. And the, the last thing that I'll say is just that there's a lot of 
jobs that needs to be reinvented. There's, there's compliance, there's insurance, there's retirement that's bundled with jobs. And we're just at the starting line for how people are going to earn in the 21st century. I'm really excited to be pushing this forward along with other great projects in the Ethereum ecosystem, like Opolis, like Radical, like Common Stack that are trying to create a better world for the world's labor, not just for capital. Kevin, there's a line in the Cypherpunk manifesto that says, uh, Cypherpunks know that cryptographic protocols make social structures. Uh, is it too generous to say that Gitcoin is a cypherpunk platform that coordinates funding towards other cypherpunk platforms? And to me, the evolution of the cypherpunks is that, you know, they made, they made early cryptography and then that made Bitcoin and then, and then that made Ethereum. And the cool thing about Ethereum and also the cool thing about Gitcoin is that the, cypher, the cryptographic side of things has kind of been taken care of. And now we can do other cypherpunk stuff that's not necessary about cryptography but still of the cypherpunk ethos and and my mm -hmm. the, my mental model for gitcoin is that it's a cypherpunk cypherpunk platform that funds other cypherpunk things um ryan started the mm -hmm. bankless newsletter and got his first uh you know donations from from gitcoin i started just mm -hmm. writing about stuff writing about the things that i saw in DeFi, uh, and i got my yeah. first funding out out of gitcoin as well and so kind of both ryan mm -hmm. and i are graduates of the Gitcoin platform, and neither of us know right. how to code, but yet I still think we are kind of promoting cypherpunk values. Um, how do you right. think about Gitcoin in the, inside of that context? Um, well, I've read the cypherpunk manifesto. I, sit, I think it's certainly interesting. Um, I do think that the mainstream is going to be a little bit maybe turn, not turned off, but like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I see the word cypherpunk going mainstream. Uh, I think open source software has already gone mainstream. And so, um, I love Ethereum. I think cypherpunk values are really interesting to think about as we go into this new world, but I'm an open source maximalist. And I think that open source software is just the bee's knees. It produces so much value for the world. And I think that, uh, I'm a, I'm an open source maximalist and I want to see open source software developers getting paid. There is a natural overlap with cypherpunk values and with Ethereum values there, but I would say that I'm an open source maximalist more than anything. All right, so Kevin, uh, take us into Gitcoin DAO. So we've talked about why Gitcoin as an organization exists, funding public mm. goods. Uh, now you are choosing to, and Gitcoin is choosing to decentralize itself. So mm. no longer Kevin, the benevolent dictator, just a member of a digital organization, a DAO, as as people mm. called them before. Let's talk about this. And uh, I'm I'm going to open up the, uh, the the welcome to quadratic lands <laughs> your interface for you because that, that's a great place to start as you talk about this. But why mm. a Gitcoin DAO? Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, uh, I, so, so this is the quadratic lands. This is the promised land that we want to bring everyone to mimetically. We're trying to meme ourselves into the quadratic lands, which is just a world where there's more digital democracy and public goods are funding. There's unicorns there. You can see it on screen. There's unicorns. Uh, so, so basically what we want to do is we want to create a better world for the world's workers and the quadratic lands is this mythical, pro, uh, mythical place that we want to go to it's the it's it's the promised land where public goods are well funded and digital democracy reigns and i think that you know that's the economic way of of describing it but imagine a world where we could rewrite the rules of economic gravity uh in order to favor the common person and 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 we could build a world in which there is serendipity serendipity just being defined as chance luck uh, for the everyday person whether that's 
economic luck or social luck, a world where we're all supporting each other because we now have programmable money and we can rewrite the laws of economic gravity to build programmable money. And as we were thinking about how do we meme this into existence, how do we build this world, we just didn't feel like a company was the right opportunity to do this. If we're going to eat the Ethereum dog food, then we felt a DAO was a better vessel for the quadratic lands than a company could ever be. And I'll just share a little bit of a personal experience for me. I think that you know companies are vessels for entrepreneurism and DAOs are vessels for activism. Um, I have been an entrepreneur for the last 12 years and I have run companies before that have raised VC capital. And then the bankers are leaning on me to extract from the users and get as much value out of them as possible so that they can return funds for their LP their LPs. And I just don't want to be doing that with my life. My community at Gitcoin are some of my best friends and I have a deep reverence for them. And I felt like there was no way that we could align incentives without making it so that Gitcoin was serving the community and governed by the by the same community. So if I'm a manager of a, of a startup, I might have my users on my right and my investors on my right, on my left, and my investors are saying, hey, get as much money out of these users as possible. And I didn't want to be in that position. I wanted the users of Gitcoin to be the governors of Gitcoin. And so anyone who's building Gitcoin DAO is just focused on what's good for the end user. And so that's the main reason why we wanted to um, push into a DAO. The other little anecdote that I'll just share is that people talk a lot about the decentralization of power. And I've just been through a brutal two year bear market in the Ethereum space. And I'm excited about the decentralization of stress. I don't need to be <laughs> for the Bitcoin mission anymore. I want the world to be able to carry this forward. And I want it to be anti-fragile. Uh, and like, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm so dedicated to this mission, but I, you know, I, I want to, I, I don't want to be the single point of failure. Anti-fragility is a really part, important part of these missions and these networks. And if I'm the CEO, um, I like to say philosopher king, not benevolent dictator, by the way, you know, uh, but, but I do think that, um, oh, over time, I would like to have the same privileges as everyone else in the network. And that's a part of decentralization. That's a part of the ethos. And so we're really trying to, uh, not just to walk, uh, talk the talk, but to walk, to walk the walk and become a DAO. Kevin, you said you want the same privileges as everyone else in the network. And that's a, a little bit of a coder speak or computer science speak coming out there. Because I, I think the, what you may be alluding to is that literally privileges as according to the, the protocol, right? Like if on a computer, mm -hmm. on a PC, you have different levels of pri privileges if you have admin access or not, right? And one of the, the totally. ethos of uh, this, this industry is that everyone has equal access towards Ethereum. There, are, or there is no... You know, there is no admin access to Ethereum. There, there, everyone has equal privileges. And I think what you're saying is yeah. that, you know, with this hierarchy of companies where, you know, bosses, boss are, bosses are stacked upon bosses are stacked upon bosses, right? You know, not in my pay grade, mm -hmm. right? No, there is just one pay grade, right? It's just everyone's on mm -hmm. the same flat topological map. Uh, and I really like this chart that you put in uh, in your announcement uh, post where you talk about how in, in Web2, it hits the limits of scale sooner than in Web3 world or a DAO world. And also that limit totally. limits of scale turns into an extraction model rather than uh, what I see you calling here a, an enabling model. Uh, and mm -hmm. th this is, again, what, what I was going to, to back to say, to say earlier, this is really just fundamentally changing the culture of the way the world works, right? Like mm -hmm. there's just the uh, alignment of incentives allows for things to just be net beneficial to everyone because we have that compressed hierarchy into a topological distributed map. Um, 
Kevin, I see you as a totally. leader in that charge. And uh, I really enjoy all these conversations of this nature that we have. But I also know that the listeners are itching to hear about uh, the GTC token and the nature of how it got uh, distributed. Uh, because now people who are, are previous users of the Web2 version of Gitcoin are now the governors of the Web3 version of Gitcoin. Mm. So can we, can we talk about how uh, the GTC was elected to be distributed to uh, all the, the current uh, stakeholders of GTC token? Totally. Uh, well, GTC stands for Grow the Community or Gitcoin, if you want to be conventional. <laughs> and basically the idea here was that I kind of think of where we're at now as the midpoint in the Gitcoin journey. We've built the coordination mechanisms, we've built a platform, and um, about half of the tokens are going to uh, going to myself and, and Gitcoin's investors. And then uh, also through a retroactive airdrop to people who have funded public goods on the platform in the past. And you know that's no mistake. We think that if you funded Gitcoin grants, then your values are aligned with Gitcoin. And you've not only said that your values are aligned with Gitcoin, you've showed us that your values are aligned with Gitcoin by taking your money and putting it where your mouth is. And and so uh, this is the halfway point in the Gitcoin journey. Half of the tokens have been uh, released to stakeholders who have pushed Gitcoin to where it is in the past. And half will be pushed in the as a community treasury to people who are helping to grow the network in the future. And so there's a treasury of 50 million GTC that are sitting in a compound fork that the community can make proposals and anyone who's providing value to open source software and to Gitcoin that is approved by our on-chain governance, uh, the DAO's on-chain governance can get rewarded in GTC in future governance rights for their providing value to the network. So uh, if you go to quadraticlands.com, then you'll be taken to the token distribution experience and that's just basically this 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 beautiful experience that that we've built for everyone in order to get their tokens. Um, you have an airdrop most likely. Oh, my video went off. One sec. Uh oh. You have an airdrop most likely if you've contributed to Gitcoin grants or hackathons in the past. And basically, what we're asking you to do is to do a proof of knowledge. So watch a two-minute video about how uh, about Gitcoin's mission. You can't govern Gitcoin without understanding our mission. So you do a proof of knowledge and then you do a proof of use, which is basically figuring out who in the community you want to delegate your tokens to. And then, and only then do you go to proof of receive, which, which is when you actually get your tokens. And it looks like from the browser you're showing me here, it looks like you've received your tokens. So I have, I went through this process. That. So Bankless Nation, I went through this process. It was, uh, it was super seamless and also super fun. Like it, it very much felt like I was a part of, of something uh, much bigger than myself. By the way, my compliments on the video, Kevin, um, whoever put that together just did a fantastic Thanks. job. And um, yeah, and you know, uh, g getting the tokens, proof of knowledge, the proof of use, I actually delegated my tokens to a member mm -hmm. of the community that, uh, that I trust for voting. I might get more involved in governance as it goes, but the process totally. was seamless, fun. And like, I am super excited to see what this community does, because I think the, mm. the, the process of distribution here, you very successfully screened for people who are very invested in public goods uh, totally. on Ethereum. And, um, you know, I just it, seeing what other DAOs have accomplished when they have that highly engaged, invested community, I'm just right. super excited to see where Gitcoin takes well, this. 
Well, Ryan, if you don't mind, I'd just love to double click on um, proof of use, which is this second yeah. mission right here. Um, I don't know if you can click on it, but if not, if you go to mission slash use um, okay. in the URL bar, uh, basically what we're doing is we're asking people to delegate their governance rights to members of the Ethereum community. If you click I am ready right there, you'll see what I mean. Uh, so delegation mode is enabled, it looks like. And then if you click continue, then you're going to see 40 members of the Gitcoin community who would like you to delegate your governance rights to them in the uh, in the process. And so this is actually a really super essential point. Most on-chain governance systems launch a governance token and they have really low voter turnout. And nice. I just think that the consent of the governed is the only legitimate uh, frame, is the only legitimate foundation for governance. And if you have low voter turnout, then how the heck are you going to govern? Uh, have the consent of the governed? And so basically what we're doing is we're setting the starting conditions of Gitcoin DAO such that everyone has delegated. Um, and therefore, we're going to have much higher participation. This is the theory, at least, by the way. Um, if everyone's delegated at the start, then we're going to have much higher participation because 95% of people aren't going to follow all the debates on the governance forum. But if they can delegate through liquid democracy to someone who is, then you still retain the consent of the governed and the high voter turnout. And I think that, you know, we're all standing on the shoulders of, of giants with open source software and just very, very minimally pushing forward the state of the art around decentralization. I hope that this is Gitcoin's contribution to the space is 100% delegation at the start just means that you're going to have way better voter engagement and turnout in the future of the DAO because the starting conditions were set that way. So that's that's the hope and the theory with proof of use. And by the way, guys, this is, of course, fully permissionless. So anyone can become a delegate. Uh, so right. you can paste your own address in here. You could rise up the ranks and get people to to vote for you. That's super exciting. One other thing totally. we've got to talk about, because we, we started this uh, when you're talking about the Gitcoin DAOs uh, sailing off to setting off to quadratic lands, right? And I noticed on the quadratic lands uh, homepage, there, there was is this notion uh, of implementing quadratic voting as well. Can you talk mm -hmm. briefly about that? Because that would be a, a really innovative concept that maybe Gitcoin DAO is uniquely totally. positioned to pull off. So talk about what that is for folks who don't understand why it's important and, and how the, sure. the DAO might be able to pull that off. Sure. So this gets into a little bit into theory, but um, basically there's this thing called the Matthew effect, which is the uh, compounding gains of accumulated capital. And it applies to matters of, of, of money, but it also applies to, applies to matters of like fame or status, like the rich get richer is basically the Matthew effect. And there's this economist called Glenn Weil who invented a method of mechanism, uh, a mechanism for voting that basically optimizes for what the poor and the many want to see happen, not just the rich and the few. This is a big part of the ethos of decentralization is what are the, what, what are the, what is the most democratic way that we could fund public goods? Bitcoin Grants is famous for quadratic funding. Um, and one of the things that we are interested in doing in Bitcoin DAO at the governance layer is making it so that the people who have the most tokens don't have the loudest voice. So the poor and the many over the rich and the few is the ethos of quadratic funding. And what if we could bring quadratic voting to the base layer of Bitcoin DAO? And so there's actually an, an, an active proposal that's being submitted in the next couple of days, I'm told, that uh, is coming bottoms up from the community to fork the governance of Gitcoin DAO and to make it into quadratic voting instead of one to one token voting. And I think that, you know, I said proof of use is our one real contribution into moving governance in the space forward. I hope that quadratic. Well, I, I should say that uh, I am trying to 
withhold my putting my finger on the scale too much because I want to see as much happen bottoms up from the community as possible. But I do think that quadratic funding and voting is, uh, from my perception, a part of the ethos of Gitcoin. And being the first DAO that has quadratic voting at the base layer would be a major contribution forward because one-to-one -one token voting can be captured by the rich people. And I think that Gitcoin wouldn't be Gitcoin without the ethos of, of quadratic voting and quadratic funding in the base layer. So I'm, I'm keen to see how that governance vote plays out over the next several several months. And Kevin, if that goes through, if that's implemented, what would that mean? So there are obviously uh, some in the Gitcoin DAO community who have more tokens than others. There, there are mm -hmm. some quote unquote whales. What that, what would that mean uh, for kind of the whales versus the the everyman with the with the smaller set of, sure. of uh, tokens? Well, it means that my voting will be way less influential, and I think that that's a feature, not a bug. As networks decentralize. You want to give tokens for, or you want to give uh, voting power from people who are just there early to people who are showing up and and contributing their sweat equity into the DAO. And so I think it's a feature, not a bug that the whales don't have as much voting power. And basically what you're going to see is that everyday citizens who just verify their identity as a unique human are going to uh, in mass, in aggregate, have way more voting power. And that could sway the DAO towards more democratic decision-making, optimizing for what do the masses of people want to see as opposed to the richest holders. And so that's the theory. Um, we've seen it kind of in practice in quadratic funding and quadratic voting are the same thing. It's just one is with votes and one, are, one is with funding. For those of you who have followed Gitcoin grants in the past, you may know that uh, the projects that are funded on Gitcoin are the ones that our peers are the ones that respect them. Are, are, it's not some central grant administrator who's deciding which projects get funded on Gitcoin grants. It's do you have the respect of your peers and how many of your peers respect your project? And and I think that taking that exact same concept and applying it to governance would be a real uh, interesting development in the space. So uh, it, it hasn't been done before, but I'm, I'm curious to see what happens when it, when it has been done. Guys, I just want to make a big comment here because this level of experimentation is what excites me so much about Ethereum. So so yes. Kevin started this by saying, hey, we've moved from the industrial revolution to the, this whole network revolution where we're all part of networks, right? And but, but we're stuck in the past where we have a capital structure that's based on the industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. Where my mind goes to is exactly what you said. What if Uber had a similar mechanism, right? What if mm. rather than issue it to issue uh, Uber tokens to, to VCs and all of their shareholders, they issued it to actual drivers in their network and they empowered those drivers with stake to do some level of quadratic funding. Mm. Like how, how much differently would the Uber network look if uh, this, this level of experimentation was available for them? So this is why sure. this is such an exciting unlock uh, to me. And uh, well, I, I can't wait to see how this plays out. Anyway, David, you were going to tie something off, I think. Well, well I just want to interject real quick there. Like we, we've talked about Gitcoin being a talent marketplace in the past. And um, I really think that Uber has squeezed their drivers in a way that's not fair. Um, they get them to buy these these cars and then their their earnings have gone down over time. And um, I, the gig economy is not the Internet of Jobs. Uh, I think the Internet of Jobs needs to be more democratic and more favorable to labor, not just to capital. And so I would reject Uber as a primer uh, for what for what Gitcoin's doing in just saying that the capital structure of DAOs is going to be owned by their workers and uh, or governed by their workers, I should say. And so I think that that's the big difference between the Internet of Value and the gig economy, or at least I hope it is. Well said. 
And the, the way that Gitcoin DAO is, is launching, I think, will uh, hopefully become a model for DAOs in the future because this uh, delegation right off the bat, I think, is really important because there is this inevitable tension between centralization and efficiency and decentralization and, and, and fairness, right? Uh, and, mm. you know, people, people have it hammered into their brains into the, in this industry, like decentralization, good, decentralization, good. Uh, but if you really take decentralization to its logical conclusion, you end up at the heat death of the universe, right? Like at some point there's too much entropy. Like we have to, we have to centralize decision-making <laughs> back into a distributed group of people, but we can't just have maximum right. decentralization at the start. Uh, and then that, that model along with launching with uh, quadratic governance, I think, I think that is hopefully could be a model for, for things to come. Kevin, I want to tie off the distribution conversation uh, because we talked about um, the, of, of all the, the uh, GTC tokens of which I believe there's a hundred million, 15% got airdropped retroactively to Gitcoin participants. And one of the measures of how you guys uh, retroactively, re retroactively airdrop the, uh, the governance token is what you call gross marketplace value. How do you come up with uh, mm -hmm. gross marketplace value? What is that? Totally. So gross marketplace value is a web two for a web two term. And it just basically means that how much money is passed through the network, how much money was enabled by, by Gitcoin to get to open source software developers. And if you go to gitcoin.co slash results, you see that $19 million worth of value has been provided to open source software developers through Gitcoin. And so basically what we're doing there is we're just taking uh, of that $19 million, we are uh, taking, we're doing for the retroactive distribution, we're taking 50% for the sender of that money and 50% of the receiver of that money and applying a pro rata distribution according to who has funded the most open source software in, on, on a per dollar basis. And so basically that's the retroactive distribution strategy is that if you funded public goods on Gitcoin in the past, you have more governance rights over Gitcoin, regardless of whether you were the sender or the receiver of that transaction. And so this is a, a very awesome anti-Sybil mechanism to have, whereas, you know, some people got like the Uniswap airdrop like 20 times, right? Even though that mm. wasn't really the intention, but it was just like, it's just the way that it was. The nice thing about yeah. the uh, Gitcoin airdrop is that it's actually not linked to a private key. It's linked to your GitHub account. Uh, and, and so mm. you won't, no one will be going and scrounging around for private keys to go find, uh, to find their, their Gitcoin uh, airdrop. The, the other uh, categories I want to, want to talk about are the stakeholders and, and the investors. Uh, so who are, are there any VCs or, or capital venture capital funds that uh, own some of these, uh, uh, some of the GTC distributions and, and what are their vesting schedules look like? Can you sh share some of those, those details totally. as well? Yeah, I'm actually reminded that we need to write a post about this still. And so I want people to hold me to that, that we're going to be as transparent about how the company exists as long as the company exists. And I think that the long-term vessel for this will be the DAO, but the company is what got it off, got it off the ground. So um, I started Gitcoin in my basement in 2017. Um, I'm back in my basement because of coronavirus. <laughs> and um, and basically uh, the first money into Gitcoin was Joe Lubin and uh, Consensus. They took us from a project that no one was using to a project that MetaMask and the Ethereum Foundation was using. And they put uh, about $5 million into Gitcoin. Um, we spent that bull market and the bear market at consensus and then raised $11 million from Paradigm in January of this, January, February of this year. And so basically the distribution to the stakeholders in the company are primarily Paradigm and consensus. And uh, we were very, very clear that our mission is funding open source software 
and we turned down a lot of term sheets from people that we thought were not going to be mission aligned. And so um, I want people to hold us to that mission alignment and community alignment over the long term. Uh, at the same time, it was important to get capital in the bank to get Bitcoin off the ground. And so that's why those those uh, those parties do have a distribution of of GTC along with myself and and the Gitcoin team. But uh, I, like I said, the the mission alignment and the uh, the mission and community alignment is the super is the most important thing. And so about a third of the token table is going to is going to people who have gotten us to where we are at this point. And we're seeing two thirds that is going to be distributed to the community in the future. So. Uh, that's that's about where things are landed, and hold me to doing a blog post about this in the future. As a as a Gitcoin governor, yes, yes, I will. Um, one last comment I want to touch on before we hit our sponsor break and get into uh, more more brainy parts of these these conversations. Uh, you you mentioned how there's 50% of GTC meant for the future of Gitcoin and put into the Gitcoin mm -hmm. DAO treasury, and also 50% of uh, for the past. Can you touch, talk a little mm -hmm. bit more about why that 50/50 future past uh, distribution makes made sense to you? Yeah, it just kind of felt like we were in the middle point of of our journey and about to move into the end game of Bitcoin, which is to build a DAO of DAOs that generates public goods funding experiments, matures them, and then eventually decentralizes them. So we're solving for the generator function of public goods funding, by the way. Like Gitcoin grants and Gitcoin hackathons are just child DAOs of this main DAO, which is producing new means of funding public goods. Um, and so like that's the end game. Uh, just kind of felt like we we're at a, a middle point with with Bitcoin getting off the ground and being a brand that people knew and, and trusted and our eventually decentralization and movement into that end game. And so 50% um, has gone to people who have funded on the platform or who have invested in the company either in their time or in their labor in the past. And then 50% is going to go to people that subject to governance are contributing to Gitcoin's uh, further decentralization and impact on the world. So we've got uh, some community work streams that have been proposed. One is around decentralizing Gitcoin. So um, hand to God, we're centralized right now. We're a centralized platform. I have the admin keys of the platform. This work stream is designed to get the technology out of my hands and in a credibly neutral environment on to host it on like IPFS or something. So decentralized Gitcoin is number one. Um, Austin Griffith and I uh, and the Gitcoin DAO have partnered to come up with a public goods funding prototyping work stream, which is basically just launching new apps that can fund public goods that could be funded by Gitcoin DAO and other DAOs in the space. We've got a public goods funding work stream, which is just basically about coordinating the funders league, the people who fund uh, work on, on, on Gitcoin grants. And, and then we've got a governance work stream, which is just basically, you know, it's the community organizing how they want to govern Gitcoin. Ratifying Gitcoin grants rounds is going to be one of the first uses of the governance work stream. Gitcoin grants round 10 is coming up in two and a half weeks. Uh, we also received a pretty, and, and by we, I'm talking about the DAO, not the company, received a pretty large donation of Akita tokens uh, that are worth several million dollars. And so what do we spend those on uh, is another matter that governance is going to is gonna be handling. So oh my God. 50 to the Kevin. past, 50 to the future. Is this all the dog coin stuff? Like, is, dog, like, is that what you're talking about? Doggy token donations? Yep. Yeah. And uh, I'm so happy that I don't have to make the decision about where they go. <laughs> like, Dow can figure it out. <laughs> can you just talk about decentralizing break, stress, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, before exactly. we go to break, can you talk about how crazy that was? Like, what happened with that? So, Gitcoin received mm -hmm. a, a whole bunch of doggy tokens, right? Yeah. So, Vitalik 
went into his wallets and a bunch of these dogs took, I think she was the first, put 50% of their network into Vitalik's wallet. And I think Vitalik, I, I can't reason about his motives, but he sent a bunch of SHIB tokens to the India COVID relief fund. He sent millions of dollars worth of dog tokens to Gitcoins uh, to the community multisig for Gitcoin. This is before the DAO had launched, so there was no on-chain governance to send them to. And so Vitalik, I think, was just kind of taking the the tokens that he'd received because of his clout and donating them to good causes. And the book value of those tokens was in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Nothing <laughs> surprises me in crypto anymore, but that surprised me a little bit to wake up to to that happening a couple of weeks ago. Hundreds that, of millions of dollars, absolutely insane. So like now, now, now post uh, Gitcoin DAO, basically that just goes to the DAO treasury. If anyone wants to to contribute to that, um, they can. So if you get airdrop doggy tokens, you don't want them in your wallet, you could send them to Gitcoin Treasury. And now it's up to uh, Gitcoin GTC holders to essentially vote where those funds go or how to allocate them. Yep, exactly. We've got a, a tally.com is the voting interface that we're going to be using. And Gitcoin is a, is a Uniswap fork. And uh, actually, I think... If I'm not mistaken, Bankless DAO is a Uniswap fork as well. So we have the yes. same governance mechanism. We'll probably have to trade some tips about about governing DAOs in the future. No, I think we're all figuring this out as we go, as the nature of the industry. Kevin, there's a mm. very awesome amount of very sick art behind you. And that's what we're going to get into in the second half of this show, because you have a comic book that you have been working on to go along with this release of Gitcoin DAO. So that's where we're going next. Uh, it's really sick. I've already seen it. So stay tuned for that. But first, guys, we have to take a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make this show possible. Bankless is proud to be supported by Uniswap. Uniswap is a new paradigm in asset exchange infrastructure. Instead of a cumbersome order book system where trades are matched with other humans, Uniswap is an autonomous piece of software on Ethereum, which is what Ryan and I call a money robot. No human counterparties or centralized intermediaries, just autonomous code on Ethereum. Input the token you want to sell and receive the token you want to buy. Something brand new in the Uniswap ecosystem is the Uniswap Grants program is now accepting applications for grants. We have been saying this for a while and we'll say it again. DAOs have money and they are in need of labor. If you think that you have something to contribute to the Uniswap DAO, apply for a grant to Uniswap. Just look at the size of the Uniswap treasury. It's almost $3 billion. This mountain of capital is looking for labor. Do you have something of value to contribute to the Uniswap DAO? No matter how big or small your idea is, you can apply for a uni grant at unigrants.org and help steer Uniswap in the direction that you think it should go. That's exactly what we did to get Uniswap to be a sponsor for Bankless, and you can do the same for your project. Thank you, Uniswap, for sponsoring Bankless. Gemini is the world's most trusted cryptocurrency exchange. I've been a customer of Gemini since I first got into crypto in 2017, and it's been my main exchange of choice to make my crypto buys and sells. Gemini is available in all 50 states and in over 50 countries worldwide. And on Gemini, there are markets for over 30 various different crypto assets, including many of the hot DeFi tokens. And it's one of the few exchanges that has liquid die markets. Gemini just launched their Earn program, where you can earn up to 7.4% interest on 26 various crypto assets. If you're tired of paying fees in DeFi, or you don't want to worry about DeFi exploits, but you still want to earn interest on your crypto assets, Gemini Earn is the product for you. Another product I'm stoked to get my hands on is the Gemini Crypto Back Credit Card, which gives you 3% cash back on all of your purchases, but paid to you in your preferred crypto asset. 
when I get my Gemini credit card, I'm going to make sure that I get my cash back in ETH. So whenever I buy something, I get a little bit of ETH bonus back to me at the same time. You can open up a free account in under three minutes at gemini.com slash go bankless. And if you trade more than $100 within the first 30 days after sign up, you'll be gifted a free $15 Bitcoin bonus. Check them out at gemini.com slash go bankless. Hey, Bankless Nation, we are back with Kevin Awaki. This has been a really exciting exploration of Gitcoin, the Gitcoin DAO, and GTC token. Now we're going to talk about this sick comic book. Kevin, folks can see our screen. What are we looking at here? Well, uh, I was actually on Bankless podcast about a year ago with Amin Soleimani and David talking about how uh, Moloch, the god of coordination failure, is the root of a lot of suffering in the world. And we were talking about how Ethereum as a tool for coordination could be used to slay Moloch. And you know, you can never kill Moloch, you can never kill coordination failures, but you can at least set, set Moloch back. And we were trying to figure out how to tell that story in a format that wasn't a 40 page blog post or a two hour bankless podcast episode. <laughs> By the way, David, I love the podcast we did, but it's two hours long. Um, and so we came up with this comic book, which basically tells the story of the Ethereum community assembling to fight Moloch like a comic book, basically like a Marvel comic. Um, you know, I'm a big X-Men fan, I'm a big Avengers fan, and telling it in, in a format that's engaging and concise and gets the information out there is I think one of the ways that we can we can help Ethereum go mainstream. So uh, David, your episode, po uh, your podcast episode inspired this. And so uh, thank you for helping us give this to the world. Well, the whole point of the podcast is of course to allow for surface area for people to condense the same things that they hear on the Bankless podcast or on the on the Bankless newsletter into smaller and smaller smaller uh, you know packets of information. As we all know, memes are ex extremely important in this world, and going from a two-hour podcast to a, a comic book is a very strong condensing of a lot of information. And uh, Ryan, if you keep on uh, scrolling through this, there's a there's a lot of like symbolism and metaphor here. I particularly like this page, which uh, the the page of the ra rabbling the rabbling individuals. And to me, I see uh, the problem of of Dunbar's number right in the first two we have a family who argues but then they come together because they know everyone but as soon as Dunbar's number which is if for those that don't know Dunbar is Dunbar's number is the number of people that you can mentally account for with your relationships and as soon as you get beyond about 150 people coordination failure starts to occur right and there there's fissures uh, and uh, as the groups grow larger and as society grows larger you see Moloch just nebulously rising up out of the background I think that's really really cool uh, and then and then going down even further uh, this is the, the, the oh yeah oh god this is so good just he just, <laughs> he just appears and starts to pull at the strings of all the people of the world because they can't figure out how to coordinate and I think my favorite page in this this uh, comic book Ryan if you keep on scrolling down is all of these individual separate little fighters separate little Avengers my mind goes to all the individual uh, uh, grants grant recipients or or DAOs on Ethereum or just entities that are all trying to figure out how to coordinate right we have the the yearn DAO we have you know we have the the sushi swap DAO we have all these like on-chain DAOs and now we are also starting to tinker with off-chain DAOs and I kind of consider bankless DAO as a part of this and Gitcoin DAO as a as kind of an off-chain DAO as it's, it's more about coordinating not on smart contracts on Ethereum but on values and culture and ethos 
off chain, right? Uh, and the cool thing, uh, the cool metaphor I see is there's all these separate little, you know, uh, bots, uh, individual little Git bots. Uh, and then if you keep on scrolling down, Ryan, they all come together to uh, to form the e the ETH bot, right? And that is Ethereum. Like, what is Ethereum other than uh, one more page, Ryan? I think what is Ethereum other than uh, or just keep going? There we go. The ETH bot. Uh, what is Ethereum other than just a collection of smaller entities, right? And what is the world other than just like you know you know neighborhoods, communities forming neighborhoods, forming counties, forming states, forming the nation state, forming the, the globe, right? The more like surface area we can generate for coordination, uh, the more we can coordinate, and that's kind of what I see as uh, Gitcoin and now Gitcoin DAO is surface area for coordination and coordination infrastructure. Um, that's that's why I think this comic book is so sick, and and I'm uh, I, the other uh, just awesome thing that that Gitcoin is really doing in the world of Ethereum is bringing in a lot of really sick art and meaning and memes and culture. So not only are you guys a a platform for funding other things, but also bringing in like a lot of really sick art. And I think that's really important. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm just so passionate about this story and, and, um, you know, I don't know if anyone else is a Power Rangers fan. I'm, <laughs> I plead guilty to that as well. And just seeing, using that as a metaphor for the Ethereum community coming together and fighting coordination failures. I really do believe that this technology is for more than just creating decentralized casinos. I do believe that we can coordinate on a, on a deeper level and, and that's what this comic book is is designed to do. It's designed to spread that word, spread that word, and and hope pill as many degens as possible. We want to take as many degens as possible and show them the meaning of Ethereum and make them into regens. Yeah. So uh, go ahead, Ron. Can we talk about that for for a minute, Kevin? So th th sure. there are a lot of folks listening who probably haven't heard the Moloch podcast, which goes into this in like two hour form, right? But mm -hmm. um, this is not just about solving like money Lego problems on Ethereum and creating a new bankless uh, financial system. That's certainly part of it, right? That That is a mm -hmm. coordination problem that maybe we're, we're solving first. But if I look at these, these bots, there are all sorts of coordination failures like mm -hmm. uh, sprinkled throughout the, the world that we live in in the 21st century, right? So talk about things totally. like nuclear uh, proliferation or talk about things like uh, you know, the coming artificial intelligence and issues that, that rise as a result, or we talk about uh, pollution and global warming. All of these are tragedy of the commons, Moloch style uh, problems. And that really is the pitch for, to the world of why Ethereum, right? It's because mm -hmm. we can start solving these basic human coordination problems. Is, is, is that right? Is like Ethereum and is Gitcoin's hope and aspirations wider than even like decentralized finance and empowering software uh, software developed mm. engineers and empowering a new labor labor force can we how can we hope to solve these big problems and what's our message to the world for sure yeah i mean I, I think that like you know my favorite part of this is if you scroll to the page that has the ethereum logo um this this one at the bottom it says uh ethereum is the digital tool for coordinating information identity resource management markets reputation and and i think that you know um i i want to eat a little bit of humble pie here and say that this is all potential energy the story is not written yet and coordination is a choice that we make every day or we don't make every day and you know it could devolve into just a decentralized casino and never be anything more than that but it's my hope that we have programmable money and it has so the whole problem with like the by the way like i love america like i love uh like our national culture but like 
America only governs America and our court systems are, are really backed up right now. Um, we now have a global coordination mechanism in which we can resolve disputes just using the EV. Like you think $30 in gas for a transaction is a lot. Like try having to fly out to New York to settle some dispute with someone and your court case keeps on getting delayed and you keep on having to travel back and forth. Like Ethereum is a global coordination tool which can, which can instantly arbitrate disputes anywhere across the world. And so we now have this coordination substrate across the world. Um, and for the last 20 years, we've been able to communicate across the world, but we haven't been able to build trust and coordination across the world with each other because our legal jurisdictions didn't cover disputes uh, across worldwide. And so I think that we have the raw materials to build this defot and to fight coordination failures on a global scale, but we have to choose to coordinate. So we still have to build it. And the whole idea with Gitcoin is to better is to better coordinate it. Like that's why we're building a DAO of DAOs that funds public goods and helps us coordinate on a global scale. Like we have the talent, we have the software developers, we have the capital, we have the tools to do it. And now we just all have to choose to do it. And we may choose to, we may not. It's up to us. Coordination is a choice every day. It's super cool. I love how this ends, by the way. It's just like yeah. the, the ETH bot just punching <laughs> and like trapping Moloch. Basically. With a blockchain, yeah. uh, by the way. Yeah, it's high blockchain. So, so uh, if you go to the last page, um, you'll you'll know that you can only set Moloch back. You can never completely kill Moloch. And so the last page with Moloch's eyes ominously in the background, uh, you know, it's possible that we could do a sequel where there's where there's a bankless bot and a CLR fund bot. And when I told mm -hmm. Amin about this podcast, he was like, he was like, you should you should call the uh, you should call the sequel Moloch Moloch and all the terrible sequels. Uh, <laughs> so I think we're going to try to get Amin to be featured in the sequel as well, since he's been a big big proliferator of of the meme. But um, I would just remind us, Ryan, that like yeah, Moloch can or Ethereum can set Moloch back, but we'll never ever completely vanquish Moloch. It's just up to us to to choose to coordinate and to set it back as much as possible. But this is like the pursuit of of humanity, right? This this is how society has progressed throughout the ages is like scaling trust, basically, and pursuing if you take a long arc and yeah, an optimistic view. I, yeah, I think so. absolutely. And that that's very much what our MEV podcast was earlier this week is like, how do we pursue the MEV problem, Moloch, across all of these chains? Uh, mm -hmm. Super cool. I mean, at least for me, this is this has become kind of the the reason for why I'm in crypto, like mm -hmm. which is much which is even broader than, so I, I thought for a time, so yeah. when I first got into crypto, I thought for a time, I uh, brief time, I'm in crypto to get rich, right? Like I thought that at first. And I'm like, no, I'm actually in crypto for self-sovereign money. And then that became like, no, I'm in crypto for a more, more bankless money system for the world, yeah. right? And like now it's even expanded beyond that. I'm in crypto to solve, to help solve, to be a small part of, uh, solving human coordination failures. And that is like such a broad lens and such an exciting lens. This is the reason yep. like I feel like I can spend my entire life here because like what else is there? Like <laughs> what I mean there are there are other important things, but like the, the the big problem that humanity faces if we want to um scale our species, if we want our 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 children, our grandkids to to mm -hmm. to live a, a better, more peaceful uh, like life is solving human coordination failures. Like that's how we scale really? civilization. That's how we make the world a better place. So yeah. it's really at least become for me, Kevin, and I think you've captured it here in the comic book, like the reason 
for why crypto. And I start to see everything through this lens, dude. Like yeah, all of the problems in the world I see through this lens now. Yeah, I mean, I will say that right now we're at this really tough point where industrial age capitalism is failing. The institutions that our parents relied on are not serving our generation anymore. And there's so many people that are just hopeless and dejected because they think it's all fucked. But now we have this information age and we have this new institution of Ethereum and coordination that could create a better future for the humanity. And so people are letting go of that last monkey bar and you just have to tell them about that next monkey bar. You have to you have to give them hope that these new institutions are going to be able to lay a foundation for their family and for the good of, of, of their of their community. And so I think that a lot of people are getting into crypto at start at the start to get rich. But uh, as David and I like to say, crypto wasn't designed to make you rich. Crypto was designed to make you free. And so, you know, if we can if we can populate that, I know so many people, by the way, like myself included, who just came into it and they thought they could make a quick buck, but then they got hope pilled by the culture and by the mission of a lot of these DAOs. And now they're in it for the culture and they're in it for a better world. And I think that that's just part of the story arc. Uh, crypto wasn't designed to make you rich. Crypto is designed to make you free. Well, the next steps in slang Moloch in the grand scheme of things is I think for uh, the listeners, the, the 200 plus listeners watching this live stream and also the listeners on the podcast later is to go claim your GTC tokens and be a governor of the, of the DAO. Kevin, what else should listeners and viewers do to help uh, further Gitcoin and Gitcoin DAO and also to further slay Moloch? Totally. Um, we did a retroactive distribution of 25,575 people, I think. But open source has touched the lives of everyone out there. And so if you didn't get a retroactive distribution, you can go to gov.getcoin.co and figure out how to get involved. And if you do some, if you create value, then maybe the community will reward you by letting you capture value by giving you a distribution of GTC. It's not up to me; it's up to the DAO. Um, the other thing that you can do is that we created this comic book about the Ethereum community versus Moloch, and you can get it on store.getcoin.co. All proceeds will go to funding public goods. And um, also, if you're not into uh, comic books, we've got unicorn socks. Everyone in the Ethereum space seems to like unicorns, and I'm very happy to be unicorn socks. Is a uh, is that'll make my anyone's ears pricks up. How how much do those cost? Uh, so we're selling them on the store. I think for it comes in a swag box, which is like fifty bucks. Oh, but, so not sixty thousand um, dollars. Yeah, not not sixteen thousand dollars. And if you find me at DevCon, I'll just give them to you for free. My wife wants them out of the house at this point. So, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I've got a sense of urgency to get them to move them. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a real pleasure to talk about this. And I hope that we can solve the, the coordination failures of the world in the future together. Awesome, Kevin. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing this with the Bankless community. I know you have a ton of Gitcoin supporters, many who uh, are excited about getting into the Gitcoin DAO. I'm, I'm reminded, uh, David, of Josh Rosenthal, that, that episode we did on the crypto renaissance, where he says to everyone, what, what is you know one piece of his three words of advice or three uh, thoughts for us is go join a DAO, go get involved in one of these things. The Gitcoin DAO is doing fantastic work. And if you're curious, if you're interested, don't spend much more time listening to podcasts and like reading social media. Go join it. Go do something. That's how you get involved in this movement, in this mechanism. Once again, Kevin, thanks for all your work and thanks for stopping by. Public goods are good. See you later. Yes, they are. Guys, 
action items, of course. Go read the announcement post in the show notes. Claim your GTC. Start participating in the DAO. You're part of that initial drop. If you're not, contribute in other ways, and you might be in the future. Also, read Kevin's article on coordination failures. We will include that in the show notes. That was something he published in Bankless a couple weeks back. Of course, as always, guys, risks and disclaimers. ETH is risky. Crypto is risky. None of what you just heard was financial advice. All of this stuff is risky. You could lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the bankless journey. Thanks a lot. Can I, Ryan, really quick before we yes. wrap? Can I add a disclaimer? GTC is a governance token and it has no economic value. Don't buy it. Come on to Gitcoin DAO and earn it by working for the DAO. It has no financial value. Thank you. There you go. Thanks, Kevin. Bye, Bye. guys.